0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We are podcasting a Bible class every Sunday morning and every Wednesday evening for all of those who are not able to be with us at the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and also for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person. Study with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes begin at 930 every Sunday morning, 1030 for worship, and midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 630 p.m. You're always welcome. Always welcome. Now, Again, for those who are listening in other parts of the country and around the world, we're so thankful that we have the opportunity through the technology of the Internet to be able to teach God's Word on such a far-reaching basis. We take that seriously. And our prayer is that as you are listening and studying along with us, that your faith is growing because your knowledge of God's Word is growing. Your understanding of God's Word is getting deeper and stronger. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And our prayer is that you're getting stronger in your faith and thereby coming strong, becoming closer to God. Our prayer is that those who have not yet come to God all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus as God's son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, buried with him in those waters of baptism, that you will do that so that you can be saved, so that you can be born again, so that you can be with God in a right relationship with him. We do pray for you. We really do. We encourage you to encourage everybody you know to listen to these podcasts, share these studies with them, you can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and, and maybe other technological means. But you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, they need to grow in their faith. They need to get connected more with God. They need to be thinking about eternity because it's coming. Help them by sharing these studies with them with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Now again, what a blessing it will be for somebody to get to heaven and ultimately they can look back and they can be thankful that you got them into God's word to get them started on that road to heaven by sharing these studies with them. Also we want to encourage you to encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com churchofchrist.com scroll down the homepage to our podcast button click on that and sign up for our podcasting it is free it always will be free and whenever somebody signs up for our podcasting they will automatically receive to their smart device whichever one they choose their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, they'll automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, plus all of our sermons that are now being posted in video format as well as audio, and they will receive our daily radio program Monday through Friday, Search the Scriptures, and also a really good daily bible study only about 13 minutes each day so something you can easily work into your schedule called today's bible class and really touching on pertinent relevant topics from god's word and dealing with issues that we have to deal with on a daily basis basically in living in this world All of that will automatically go to your smart device. And again, it's all free, always will be free. And while you're in our website at churchofchrist.com, you can download hundreds of other sermons and listen to them. You can download and read and study through hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles, again, dealing with all kinds of spiritual materials. All of that is there for you. It is all free and always will be free. So take advantage of it yourself and encourage everybody you can to do the same. We're going to get back into our study from 1 Peter. 1 Peter, very, very rich study we have been going through. We're in chapter 4, right toward the end of the chapter. We're taking our time and, and looking at the different instructions and Guidelines that Peter, by inspiration from God through the Holy Spirit, was guided to write down for us, so that we could learn from them and, through learning what he writes down, learn God's will, because he because he was writing down God's will, and as we learn that, then we have a better direction, a better focus for the direction that God wants us to take in living our lives in this world. And ultimately, it helps us to better grasp that wonderful promise of the blessing of eternal life that God offers us through Jesus Christ. We come toward the end of chapter 4 of 1 Peter, and Peter again is writing more to the individual Christian. The Apostle Paul, in many of his letters, was addressing those letters to congregations of Christians within that particular city, whichever one he was writing to Corinth, Thessalonica, Rome, and so on. Now, he did write some letters to individuals, such as Philemon, and 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus. So those are some wherein he was writing directly to specific individuals, but many of his letters were written to congregations of the Lord's church in those particular cities. Now, in writing to those congregations, they obviously, those letters obviously had individual application to the individual Christians within those congregations. But James, and we studied through James before we came into Peter, James and Peter are writing more to the individual Christian. Maybe, and I'm not saying it's any more important, but it's maybe more personally focused. Here is how you as a Christian need to live your lives based upon God's will and his instruction, because that's what I'm writing down. James could have said, Peter could have said. Well, in in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, Peter wrote, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, first, that idea of judgment. I have said in the past that that there's there's a three-letter word that a lot of people, they find very uncomfortable. They don't like to think about it, much less talk about it, because they're engaged in it themselves. And so it bothers their conscience, makes them feel uncomfortable. That three-letter word is sin, S-I-N. Now, the consequence of sin that is not repented of and sought forgiveness for in the way that God has instructed us in His Word, and that would be by repenting of our sins. Luke 13 and verse 3, Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Confessing our faith in Christ as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And surrendering to our Lord in baptism, being buried, immersed in the waters of baptism with him and into him, Romans 6 and verse 3, at at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins, forgives us. We're forgiven of our sins. Acts 22 and verse 16, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling in the name of the Lord. Now, somebody who has not done that is still dead in their sins. You see, people don't like that that concept. Dead in my sins? The wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. You see, we're talking about the most serious problem and danger for mankind. It's not drought, it's not famine, it's not climate change, it's not violence, it's not war, it's not epidemics and pandemics, it's sin, sin. And sin is a personal choice that people who enter into it make for themselves. James talked about how sin develops as we are led to the brink of sin by our desires. And when we, that would be ungodly, sinful desires. And as we let those desires develop within our hearts and we then act upon them, we enter into sin. And James says, and sin produces death. Well, Judgment is connected to how we live our lives in this world. And I'm afraid that a whole lot of people place a negative, automatically place a negative connotation on the idea of judgment because they're living in sin. They connect judgment with sin. Now, judgment is also for the righteous. And at judgment, the Lord will usher into heaven an eternal life therein those who have lived a righteous and faithful life before him and before God. But the inverse or the opposite is for those who are still living in sin, he will pronounce them to into eternal condemnation as a result of their sins, as eternal punishment for their sins. Is judgment real? Is that day really coming? Absolutely. No question about it. In fact, the Apostle Paul spoke of it with such emphasis in Acts chapter 17 and verses 30 and 31 that he even referred to the resurrection of Christ as proof, certainty, that there will be a day of judgment. He said, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him, that is that man, from the dead, obviously referring to Jesus Christ. Jesus will be the judge and the apostle Paul When he wrote his first recorded letter to the Corinthian congregation in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, he said, or 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, I'm sorry. He said that we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad the day of judgment, the final day of judgment is coming. God has has already decreed that and he has assured us of that by raising Jesus from the dead and Jesus will be that judge and we will all appear before him and give account for the way we have lived our lives in in this world, in this physical existence. So, The time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Now, as I said, judgment is not just for the sinner. Judgment is for the righteous as well. It'll be at that day, on that occasion, when we stand before our Lord at the judgment seat, that he will pronounce the righteous as saved and usher them into the gates and through the gates of heaven into eternal life. Judgment will begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? You see, Christians will be held accountable for how we live our lives as Christians. And if we're going to be held accountable, and especially if we have lived righteous lives before God, then Paul, he asks the logical, analytical question meant to cause us to really think deeply what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God. They were disobedient. They did not become Christians. Or maybe after having become Christians, they turned back from their their faith in God or their faithfulness to God and went back into the ways of the world again. What will be their lot? What will be their end? Oh, my. My. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul wrote, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has delivered our report? There are a lot of people who they want to do away with the idea of obedience, having anything to do with their salvation. Now, they would probably, if you pinned them down, they would probably say, if you said, Do you think we should be obedient to God's teachings communicated to us through his word? They probably say, yeah, 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 you should. Well, does our obedience have anything to do with our salvation? Well, they'd have a hard time because they want salvation to be totally by the grace of God through faith. And that's exactly how it is put in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. God does the saving. But the faith is our responsibility. But they want that faith to only have to be believing intellectually. I can't do anything to secure my salvation. Well we cannot save ourselves. That verse says that salvation is but is, is the gift of God, but it's salvation by grace through faith. Faith, is not just believing, faith is active. James, in fact, talks about how faith that is devoid of works is dead faith. And he says that we are justified not by faith alone. Well, again, what should real faith, saving faith, lead us to do? Obey. Obey. Now again, people obey. The gospel message to them is largely just a message of God's grace, salvation through Jesus Christ. God wants to save you. And so just believe on him, just believe on Jesus, call him into your heart, although you won't find that anywhere in the New Testament scriptures, and you're saved. And really, any idea of active commitment and dedication is for many people who believe that kind of thing, it's, it's kind of out there in Never Never Land someplace, sort of. You see, all they have to do is believe. All they have to do is ask Jesus into their heart. But what in the world then did Peter mean when he said, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? I was shocked a number of years ago to come to understand that there are a whole lot of people out there who call themselves Christians who do not even know what the gospel is. The gospel. What is that? They're confused when you ask them. Do you know what the gospel is? Would you explain to me the gospel? They don't even know where to go to look it up. It's put very succinctly in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 16, as Paul lays it out for us, I'm sorry, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, moreover, brethren, beginning with verse one, I declare to you the gospel, the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved. Wait, I preached the gospel to you. By which you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. See, it's not just hearing it once, not just believing it initially. We have to live by it. He goes on and says, for I delivered to you first, to, To you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose the third day according to the scriptures. And then he goes on and talks about how he was seen by multitudes of people after his resurrection. So Jesus died on the cross, he was buried in the tomb, and he arose from the grave, from the physical dead on the third day. And he was shown to hundreds and hundreds of people for the next 40 days after his resurrection. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's the basic gospel message. Why did he die? He died on the cross for us to pay the price as the perfect sacrifice for the guilt of our sins. Now, since most people do not understand what the gospel is, they certainly don't understand what it is to obey the gospel, which Peter brings out there. What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Verse 17 of 1 Peter chapter 4. Well, again, in Romans chapter 10, in verse 16, he uses the same language. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. And then in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 in verse 8, he also wrote, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. And the understanding is that will be their eternal lot. Interesting, isn't it? Obey the gospel? In First Peter As we studied some time back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, Peter wrote, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Now that would certainly be obeying the gospel. Through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Obeying the truth. Obedience is central to our coming into salvation. The Hebrews writer wrote about Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, he said, Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience. And having been perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Obedience. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of Christ? Yes, obedience is absolutely central to our coming to salvation through Christ. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and verse 8, in fact, If you want something emphatic, very clearly put, it talks about in verse 7 when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's going to be the final day of judgment. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Judgment is coming. And it's going to be a horrible day for those who have not obeyed the gospel. Peter goes on and says, now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Only by the grace of God will even the faithful Christian be saved. But for the unfaithful individual, the one who has never obeyed the gospel and has not lived in obedience to New Testament Christian teachings, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good, as to a faithful Creator. What is the hope of the faithful Christian life, which is obviously an, obe- an obedient life before God and before Christ? That hope is eternal life with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit in heaven. The place of eternal bliss. What is the punishment for the sinner who dies physically, still lost in sin? Eternal condemnation in hell. We're not talking about just an inconsequential matter here. We're talking about eternal condemnation in hell. The Revelation 21 in verse 8 says, The cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, and again, this is simply a representative list of sin, sinful practices and sinful lifestyles, shall have their part in the lake of fire, the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that second death is eternal condemnation in hell. Does it make any sense? Does it make any sense at all to be playing around with your eternal destiny? That perhaps most troubling word sin describes a problem for all mankind because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God Romans 3 and verse 23 in chapter 6 and verse 23 the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord it's a no-brainer as to which we ought to want our destiny to be we want eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven we don't want to have to spend eternity in that lake that burns with fire and brimstone which is hell so what's holding you back if you have not yet come to God properly through Jesus Christ in repentance and surrender in baptism so you can be forgiven of your sins by the blood of Christ reborn spiritually and given a new start on eternal life let's pray father Help people all over the world to see that you have made a way for them to be forgiven, to be reborn spiritually, to have the promise of eternal life with you in heaven. If they will come to you your way through Jesus Christ, help them to see that way and help them to put the sin out of their life by being forgiven through Christ. Help them, Father. To turn away from the temptations of the devil. And see that the better life is with you in Christ. We pray this, Father, for everybody. We pray this for ourselves. For we need to make the personal applications. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.